how they treat each other matters and it will affect their performance within games when they are for each other. Hello again and welcome to episode 35 of the Mental Sweet Spot podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice to help softball coaches develop mentally tougher teams. Today's guest is a well-respected coach at the Division III level and has used her sports psychology degree to build a very successful program. Her team has never finished in the bottom half of the conference since she took the helm, and they've won the conference twice and won to regionals three times. Today we discuss how she learned about mental toughness, the things she's seen her players struggle with, what's helped her players most, and how she uses personality tests to help build her players. Today's challenge actually has to do with that, but we'll tell you more later. First, a note about our new training. We've spoken to hundreds of coaches who want to implement mental training more. They know it's the answer, but they're strapped for time. You're trying things, but not getting results, and you don't know where to start. Join us for our free training where we teach you the seven steps that will help you see your kids get better faster, spend less time spinning your wheels trying to do it all on your own, and most importantly, help you feel much more fulfilled, not just at the end of the season, but right now. Join us this week by heading to mentalsweetspot.com and signing up. Now, without further ado, we know you're going to love learning from and taking notes on Hope College head coach, Mary Vanahoof. Welcome, Mary. Hi, guys. Hey, welcome, Coach. Thanks again for joining us. Um, our first question we have for you today is, when and how did you first learn about mental toughness? Um, yeah, I, back in my playing days, like it just wasn't talked about. You know, I mean, like I was certainly learning about mental toughness um, through my coaches that I had played for, um, but it didn't seem to be the buzzword um, that it is now. And you know, I think as sports psychology has grown in these last 15 or so years like I was playing before that time so mm-hmm. um, I definitely um learned about mental toughness from the coaches I played for I played for really tough coaches um growing up pretty much in all the sports that I played and so you know you I was learning um kind of those principles of having had high expectations I mean I, my parents never let me make excuses and nor did the coaches that I um had played for both in high school and college and you know you just didn't get praise for what was expected um, and those types of things that just were ingrained in the type of, um, you know, athlete that I was being coached to be um, by, um, you know, those that I played for and feel really lucky to have played for um, great coaches that, you know, as, as I'm recruiting now, you know, you just, I hear more and more stories of coaches that were just, you know, hard to play for, not a good fit for, you know, particular athletes and those kinds of stories just really um, break my heart. And it makes me feel lucky for having like I said, played for coaches that helped me understand what it was to be tough, how the things that they were, the, the reasoning behind some of the, um, you know, those uh, those ways that I was being coached where sometimes it just felt like, oh, they're just being tough for toughness sake, you know, and yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were helping me learn how to deal with the hard things that life is going to throw at you um, by, like I said, just kind of having really high expectations um, and teaching us that confidence was important, expecting us to be confident by helping us understand um, that it was going to kind of transfer beyond um, the court or field, um, whatever you know it might be. So um, definitely was learning it through both high school and college by just being fortunate to play for great coaches. Then I got my master's in sports psychology. And so that's when really started learning more about it when I started hearing you know, mental toughness be um, a term that was being used and all the things that um, go into, you know, kind of what mental toughness is. So feel really lucky to have found a great master's program where I could, um, 
kind of dig into those things for a couple years and also be coaching um, as a GA um, at Ithaca College and, you know, getting to put those things into practice as a young coach. That is so awesome, especially being a GA at the same time. Yeah. Yep. It was great. Uh, so what were some of the things that you discovered, especially through those GA years that some of your players were struggling with that you found that now you could help them out with? Um, yeah, I find that, uh, I think in general, especially in the sport of, of softball, where there is, you know, you just hear that cliche over and over, you know, it's a sport of failure, like being able to deal with failure. I think, um, at the places that I've um, coached at the college level, you know, like we get a lot of players who they've been good at everything they've done for their whole life, you know, like they were strong in the academics, they did well, um, in the sports that they played. And so they just, they haven't experienced much of it. You know, they've been the best players on their teams. They've um, been excelling in the classroom. They've had, um, you know, pretty smooth sailing, a lot of them. And so um, it's learning that piece of things, I think for sure is one of the biggest um, struggles that I see, um, that I see players having. I think, you know, it's just, I think there's a lot of things that go into this, but training players how to, to not have their knee-jerk reaction be to make an excuse when they are being, when they're getting constructive feedback, like being able to take that and have that inform their next decision, you know, and in, in, um, in that skill or in whatever that might be, and um, not being defensive, I guess, when they're receiving feedback. And those are habits that are, <laughs> by the time we're getting them in college, those are 18-year habits that can be um, can be really hard, and four years might not, um, but uh, you know, be able to totally change that but trying to you know kind of shift that paradigm in their minds of reactions um to feedback that they get um and just confidence in general uh, is just a i'm very passionate about that off the field as well as um on for players but just talking about what their their self-talk is and what that mental loop um is that they've got going on in their um, in their brains. And then just, I mean, both in softball and kind of in life as well, just more and more kind of anxiety and, and knowing how to cope. And as they're balancing a lot of different things, and as we're expecting more and more and more from them, uh, not just from athletics, but in the classroom and um, in lots of other, in, in their preparedness uh, that we expect from them at 22. And then what tools are we giving them for that? And then are they um, able to deal with the things that don't go um, how they plan? Those are, I guess, those are the main things that I see um, as, as struggles that I see, like the college age, you know, player really trying to, um, balance. Coach, is there anything specific that you feel like with kind of the things you've talked about with constructive feedback and positive self-talk that maybe have helped the most with, with your players in your experience? Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, a couple different things come to mind. I think having, upperclassmen and returning players model the behaviors that we expect is really important for freshmen who maybe it's a new, um, you know, it, it's not the way they've been um, coached in the past. I think, uh, you know, talking about it, I think is, is really an important piece of it. Asking what their loop is uh, when they step into the box, asking how, what that, how that sh shifts if they make an error, you know, like what are the things that they're telling themselves repeatedly and, and getting an idea for then what players you know, what, what that ride is that they're on within the course of a game um, from the mental, um, from the mental side of things. But, you know, for new players, we, I, I try and really define what that looks like. You know, I mean, if, if I ask you a question about, Hey, what did you see in that read and what led you to that? Then I want a response. If I say that read needs to be different then there, there isn't a, Oh, but I thought, 
you know, that that's just not going to be acceptable. And I tell them that before we even have one practice, you know, so that if, if that's still a knee jerk reaction or a way that they've been used to getting feedback uh, from a head coach, assistant coach, teammate, um, that they start retraining um, just their expectation of themselves in those moments. So I think trying to preempt some of those situations that I feel really strongly about as far as their mental, um, you know, toughness and, and or just ability to um, deal with some of those things. I find a giving them the tools on the front end uh, for what we expect, and then holding them to that. Um, so then also then obviously that they see returners modeling that behavior, being able to take you know feedback from a teammate, from an underclassman, from an upperclassman. You know those types of things that I think all are pretty um, important to learn how to um, how to do our are things that we try and stress and, and teach. Oh, I love that so much. And it's, it doesn't matter who you are, what type of coach you are, what type of coach they came from. There is always that learning curve of how do we communicate with each other? Yep, yep definitely. Um, what are some other helpful tactics you've used to get the girls more receptive to feedback in the moment? Because there's so much going on. We have to give feedback quickly. And in the moment when it's intense, it sometimes comes out as harsh, mm -hmm. but how to get them to like make that translation in your brain that it's not me being mad. It's just me getting the information out fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just, uh, losing is worse than getting yelled at, you know? So like, um, <laughs> I'm never, that. I'm never doing this to hurt you. You know, it's always for us to be as good as we can be for you to be as good as you can be, you know? And so, um, if they know that my intention is always, always, always us playing um, and winning at the highest level, I think it helps them realize like, Yep. There's going to be days you leave. If you leave and every day you think I'm amazing, <laughs> you know, like we're, I'm probably not, you know, helping you really grow and push yourself and, um, and those types of things And I'm okay with that. And then they, um, need to learn to, I guess, be okay with that as well. There's going to be days that, um, you know, I'm going to be looking for really, really, really small things that are going to help you get better. And those are things that some players aren't prepared for, but, um, just, yeah, helping them see, that it's always uh, for the purpose of our team winning at the highest level and um, that we see them being a part of that, you know, so. I love that. I love that perspective. You've talked a lot about those conversations that you have with your players, but do you have a specific program or something specific that you implement to work with them every day? No, I mean, as far as, you know, just some of the different, um, you know, speakers or, you know, folks that are out there that kind of do this and that teams will have come in. We haven't ever, um, haven't ever done that or had, you know, like one, you know, specific program that we're, um, that we're working through. We've, you know, kind of different years, our coaching staff will get together and we'll talk about different, whether it's different assessments or strengths type um, things through our career center. We've, we've tapped into them for different things that you know, maybe wouldn't be necessarily athletic focused, but that we think is going to help us very much in a mental um, you know, in the mental aspect of, of what we're trying to accomplish. So, um, you know, we haven't ever invested in, you know, the, those programs that I know um, that different teams or sports psychologists that are out there, uh, but we'll maybe try and, you know, we're always trying different things and new, um, you know, ideas to be bringing, getting the most out of our players from that side of things. So it's sometimes some trial and error and we'll have ideas that work um, well, we'll have ideas that, you know, fall flat and it's just kind of rolling with those things and, um, and that type of thing, Le learning as we go with this stuff, I think. Right. Absolutely. So from your degree that, you, you know, you said you had your, your master's degree in sports psych, which I 
I'm so intrigued by because I don't actually have that degree, but I know that um, working with Mel and, and working in with that trial and error has been really beneficial to my team and trying to kind of figure those things out. And every year is different, right? So every team is different and every year is different. Sometimes what works one year doesn't work another. So what types of things, you know, have you implemented maybe along the way that um, maybe from year to year or even once every other year or whatever your frequency is to help your kids? Um, yeah, I think one thing that, um, you know, we, we've tried different, you know, programs for, but just different self-assessments. So whether it's DISC, whether it's StrengthsFinder, whether it's um, some of those types of things where they're, they're gaining self-awareness and then hopefully others' awareness and, you know, trying to draw on things like, um, you know, empathy and being able to value others' strengths that might be different from your own. And I think that's just so um, influential beyond, you know, the, the field and how they learn to deal with people. I mean, like that's life and, and how they fit into the groups that they're a part of. And, um, so that's one thing that I think if we can understand them better, if they can understand themselves better, I think we have a greater likelihood of getting, uh, getting the most out of them, um, in the, in the, on the field way, you know, of being able to coach them the right way within practices, being able to um, ask the right questions and, and those types of things. Um, we talk every day before practice. And so that, you know, just finding ways to have different focuses that revolve around, you know, the mental um, game and parts of it, you know, whether it's leadership or confidence or their self-talk and being resilient and overcoming um, the hard things and the things that are out of our control. And um, even just how sleep and nutrition and their social, you know, habits and academics affect how fully they're present, you know, with us and how that is going to affect, you know, the mental side of what they're doing. If they're exhausted consistently, you know, you're not able to give um, our team um, your best. And, and so those are, you know, those are things that will emphasize in different times of year and different ways. And, uh, but I think the thing maybe from a programmatic way that we tend to, I think, try to come back to is something that's helping them gain some awareness of themselves and how they fit in the bigger context of the groups that they're a part of. Um, our team being one of them. That is so cool. We talk about that a lot with like the team cohesion piece and people yep. talk about like getting buy-in for all of these concepts. <laughs> and I think yeah. that is the key is yeah, having them realize how it affects them and how it affects their teammates both in the same way and different ways. Yep. And I, I really do like the empathy piece and understanding, you know, I mean, I, I can guarantee them they're going to have a coworker that's difficult for them, you know, in life beyond, you know, beyond college, they're going to have parents of their kids' friends that are hard for them, you know? So like, it's just like, that's such a valuable skill to learn how to approach difference. People that approach things from a different set of lenses than they do or handle things differently or just to the core, <laughs> very different than who they are. And the likelihood of them being on teams in college with, um, with people like that is high, you know, and that's so good. It helps them learn how to, uh, it's easy to deal with the people that are exactly like you. Um, how do you perform at a really high level with someone who's just, um, whether it's been raised differently or approaches things differently or has just a really different skill set from you and brings something different, um, being able to view those from lenses of their strengths and the things that they do bring and the common ground um, versus just writing off and having that initial impression be something that just, you know, sticks forever and, and those types of things that I think take a lot of work and it takes, um, you know, talking about those things and, you know, caring about those things. Well, absolutely. Could not agree more. 
do you have like any specific instances where like maybe with one team a year where they just really grasped onto this concept you can tell they were starting to like really bond together and even if they were very different I mean, the first year that we started, we, one of the assessments we'll do is through the, our career center. And so they, they've got it um, there. And it, so it's called Strengths Quest. And I think that, um, I'd say the first year that we did that, I, I, there were team, there were returners and upperclassmen on that team that um, all of a sudden there was something that put to paper <laughs> that, yep, I'm real, I am really different from um, this teammate. And, you know, and sometimes the reason two people might be hard for each other is that you're the exact same. You know, and you're competing yeah. for a similar role within this group that you've had that you have in all the other roles, um, team groups or teams that you've been a part of. And now there's someone that brings something really, really similar to you. And how do you navigate that? And so um, really, like I said, like just some of those um, assessments that we've used um, the first year that we really did StrengthsFinder, Clifton StrengthsFinder, I think is the, is the name of it, uh, was really like an eye opening. That's why we've continued to to use it because I do think when you see our whole team mapped and see how your coaches um, and what they bring um, are mapped is something where uh, we, you know, having some, it was more eye-opening, I think, for players that were pretty similar and realizing like, oh, that's why we sometimes butt heads or that's why sometimes we, um, you know, that that uh, teammate might be hard and, and then being able to work through that and say, oh, wow, okay, like that's, that's the why. And then also, on those players that were like their strengths are in a completely different category and you realize like man we we aren't going to be as strong as we can be without them bringing those things i might look a lot different than the things that i value and bring you know myself but um so that i guess that those are the things that kind of continue to um to come to mind is just the awareness piece of of things for for players yeah absolutely and i can see why you do it each year too because the makeup of every team is different and the awareness yep. grows each year. I love that. Yep. Have you ever had players who maybe changed slightly over their, maybe for your career? Yeah, they don't take the assessment more than once. So there okay. are results they get as freshmen. I mean, they, the career center, I think they're willing to do it on their, you know, as they're close to graduation. Cause I mean, there is obviously shifting that happens, but I think there are some who would want to do it every week if they could, you know, like, well, sure. and, and yeah. that's not, I mean, they're basically saying like, these are pretty, and they give you your top five and they say that 18 to 25 year olds are functioning in their top 15. So we talk about, Hey, what, what do you think your sixth might be? That way you get into what they think there might be a strength that maybe they really do think they possess that doesn't show up or isn't reflected necessarily in the, based on the day that they took this assessment and how they were feeling in that particular um, moment. But um, so yeah, we don't, um, they're not taking it each year. So it's our newcomers that are then kind of being folded into um, what the, you know, the results that returners have gotten in previous years. So. That's awesome. How do you work in, uh, the coaching staff's personalities too, and strengths? Yep. Same whether they, they look just like, uh, it shows up just similar to what the feedback that, cause we then map our whole team. So they're able to see, um, that we all kind of bring something pretty different and that shifts as our coaching staff has, has shifted and they can see some of those, um, some of those things. So yeah, they're able to see all of our results and kind of talk about that and see what things they, um, you know, that they perceive and how that affects our team. And so, yeah, that's a part of kind of how we have the conversation that um, the career center leads them through after they've taken it. So, yeah, I think it's really helpful. I think they can see, you know, where different strengths that our coaches have and how that, how that helps our team again, to be uh, moving in the right direction and that they, um, that they each do bring something I think unique and, to, to be able to value that. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially with coaches who have to come after their other jobs and they yep. show up like right at practice time. There's not a lot of yep. time sometimes for them for to sure. bond to get to know them. Mm-hmm. How has it been helpful for you guys as a staff all together to know what each of you brings to the table and how you can maybe pick up the other's quote unquote slack? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like that's definitely an awesome benefit for um, for us to be able to um, you know, some of those things, uh, they're pretty inherent to just the nature of who we are. But then when you see it on paper, there's something like, and then when you really read the definitions of some of those things, and like, even sometimes you gain some clarity yourself for um, kind of how that's playing itself out in other parts of your life. And so um, it's been really great, especially, you know, as coaches do it for the first time too, of like, oh, wow, like, that's not a word I would have resonated with. But when they, you know, kind of define it that way, I totally, you know, see that that's um, who I am and kind of what I bring to, to the groups I'm a part of. So yeah, it helps me know how to best um, utilize them too. And like maybe what um, things to delegate based on what, you know, skill set they're bringing in and how, where, where they thrive and, you know, kind of in what areas of the team. And so um, it's been good to kind of lean into that to, to help, um, help get the things done that, uh, that we need to accomplish as a staff. So, so switching gears a little bit, what, would you tell coaches of maybe the coaches of the athletes you're recruiting or other college coaches or coaches at different levels, what would be the one thing you'd suggest to them to help bring about more empathy and understanding with their players? Um, you know, I think that it's, you know, I remember going through middle school and high school, like it's not great. You know, (laughs) like there's so many parts of school life, um, that might be beating them down and making them feel less than, and then building this wall up of sort of kind of, you know, defensiveness or, you know, whatever it might be and, or it being okay to put certain people down that have certain, you know, and so like some of that is just, I think, ingrained in the way just being in school, um, kind of trains you in dealing with other people, um, like other equals bad, you know, and that sort of thing. And, uh, that there's, you know, in almost any school, there's going to be, you know, that group that usually dishes that sort of sentiment out and some that are on the receiving. And so when you, when you got a team, you, you're going to have both. I, w- I would expect, you know, you're going to have some that it's been sort of just ingrained in them to think negatively or down on, on, on those that might not be in their same social circle or have the same background or, you know, whatever it might be. And others who like, that's always been a hard part of, you know, of school. And so I just think when you get a team, a new team, um, just talking about that from the start, like some of you are friends and know each other. Some of you aren't and like for our team, you know, like just getting to that team aspect of that, how they treat each other matters. And it actually may, and I think will affect their performance within games when they are for each other, teaching young girls and into women to be for each other. And, and is so, so, so important. And when they hear coaches talk about that, when they hear coaches um, and see coaches model that kind of behavior of being excited for um, for others who do well and who, um, you know, are building then confidence in each other by building other people up versus, um, versus tearing them down. I think the younger that we can be helping um, girls uh, get that mindset of being for each other, like being for each other is, um, it helps to, I think, then empower them and help them um, help that person who maybe has, you know, help those two different players that are on different maybe sides of things 
um, within school and their experience there to realize what it might be like to be in that other person's shoes or um, you know that that kind of thing. So I really do think at a young age they're not they're they're never too young to start talking about those sorts of things if they're um, if they're on teams and you know trying to do well in the softball field. Um, it matters that they um, that they care for each other and that they want that person who's up in the late innings with a chance to drive in a run. Um, that they want them to get it done. You know that there's not one person yeah. on their team they would ever say, "Oh, I want that to be me." Oh, for me to look good, I want them to look bad. I just think that's such toxic um, thinking. And I think when you can name that and talk about that, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of teams have at least one or two players that might just have that way of thinking, you know, and for me to look good, I want her to look bad, you know? And so I just think not pitting teammates against each other in a negative way, um, you know, making it competitive, but not um, to where, you know, to where if you ever sense that there's someone, you know, that has that sort of sentiment to, um, continue the talk to be around, hey, I want you to compete. And then once there's that decision, um, you, we're for each other. We're for those players that the coaches are saying, um, give us the best chance to win in this given moment. Again, that might be that I've never coached travel. I understand that you're probably got to rotate kids in and everybody's, so there, there's pieces of it that are different, you know? And so um, I understand that that, um, that that part of it's um, it maybe doesn't necessarily resonate. You got to be getting different kids in and in different um, situations, and you're probably not playing the same nine or ten players um, the entire game and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, just that idea of teaching um, teaching teammates to care for each other, for each other's success, to be excited when a teammate makes a great play, and just teaching them that enthusiasm and energy um, for each other um, and um, that piece of things. So. I think that's so awesome. Yeah. I think that our game can really, has really grown uh, so much. And you see a lot of that called yes. series and being televised. You see those dugouts yes. and how insanely crazy they are and happy for each other. And I think that we as coaches not only can role model that, but even our sport has done a good job of really kind of role modeling that same, that same celebration for each other. Totally. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's where I, I you know, when you, a, our sport being so much more visible um, helps so much. But when you see the enthusiasm, I think enthusiasm is such an important part to your mental toughness. If you're expected to come right back in that dugout and be cheering for that next person, like you can't sit and sulk about, you know, like that bad at bat that you might have. Like it's on to the next, you know. And it, it, I think um, that is something that some players have had. And there's coaches who I know do not like that component of softball, won't let their teams, you know, do it, that sort of thing. And I, I would never tell a coach what to do. Um, in their program and what they think is right. But I love that oftentimes the, the teams that we're getting to see, um, you know, a little bit more visibly on television is mm -hmm. our, that, that so many of them have that enthusiasm component, um, the energy that I think only helps uh, when there's an expectation of, you know, hey, you're going to deal with the bad and we're going to get right back into um, support and being for that teammate who's got the next opportunity. Oh, I totally agree. My, my favorite video that demonstrates that is called Anatomy of a Teammate. I don't know if you've seen this one, um, but it's Brittany Rogers from Alabama. And being the All-American, um, up to bat, bases loaded, you know, her final could be her final game of the season or her career, actually. Um, and she's, she's pulled for a freshman to hit in that situation. And the whole focus of, you know, the announcers is, oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. And then, you know, but you see Brittany Rogers at the very top of the step cheering her teammate like crazy. 
And, yeah. you know, that teammate goes on to hit a home run, right. That ends up winning the game. So I, I show that, uh, that particular video and it just demonstrates exactly what you were saying, yeah. the true support and love of that teammate for each, you know, and support for each other, uh, that, that girl would have never been able to do that. Like you mentioned, she, if, if Brittany was sulking in the, in the uh, dugout, then that teammate would have never had the confidence you know, yep. to, to go do that. So I, I love that video. Yep. Uh, one last question for you, coach. Do you feel like there's anything missing when it comes to coaching the mental game overall in softball? Um, I, I just, I, I guess I would, I can't, I can't know, I guess what a lot of what others are doing within their programs. I just think that there is often a mindset in coaches of if we're not getting X result, it's, it's, physical what more can we be doing physically 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 do we need more reps do we need more and I do think there's probably a lot of teams out there that um it's a conversation that might help them get past you know a struggle that they're having as a team um, about what their self-talk is right now how they're feeling towards teammates how they're you know like just um whatever it might um be where they're at confidence wise and so I just think the um Ability and trust me, I've aired this many years where my instinct would be, yep, we got to do more of this, more of that. So do not mishear that I have all the answers when it comes to this. But I think when they're when I've had the courage to maybe just slow things down and maybe try and get to some of the roots of what might be um, a struggle um, or a struggle for our team. And and I'm what we as coaches might be thinking is at the root of it might be something that's really, really different. So I think sometimes just slowing things pumping the brakes on it, uh, on responses to um, hiccups that your team might be having as to always being physical um, into what might be a question we need to ask to get at um, what that is, which then I think leads to more of the mental, um, the mental side of things. So that I guess the ability to carve out that time within practices um, to say, this is important. And I think that message is really, really loudly received when um, you'll prioritize some of those things uh, within your practice plan to um, just to, to, to value, uh, the things that, uh, those conversations bring out. And we are going to end there on that awesome note for today's episode. But before we go, we want to talk to you about today's challenge. Mary had some great points about building self-awareness around your personality and how you approach life. Once you know that and what you bring to the table and what you need help with, you'll be able to figure out how you can best help your team. So now our challenge to you is to learn more about yourself and your coaching staff. There are many assessments out there, but our favorite is athlete types. So if you want to take that for free, head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash episode 35 and click discover your athlete type. We want to hear how you tackle this challenge. So give us a shout out on social media, shoot us a private message, or for our members, share it in the Dream Team Clubhouse. To learn more about becoming a member, join us on our free training. Head to mentalsweetspot.com and sign up today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. See you next week.